once I scored, it was like, wow. I, like it, it was surreal in terms of scoring. I'm in the state finals right now, the first state final my school has ever been in, and, and we're winning. Like We're not just here. We're, we're winning. We're about to – we're close to being state champions. Hello, listener. You have found the latest edition of Michigan Soccer Central. My name's Robert Kerr here with you on a jam-packed edition of the show. And a literal uh, soccer news bomb blew up uh, this week. Uh, We started off the show with the voice of a state champion, uh, the voice of Jonathan Strout. He and his Potter's House High School Pumas won the Division Four championship. Uh, we've got a great, uh, actually pretty inspiring interview with him on the show, as well as an awesome interview with Grand Rapids Christian champion Nick Cassidy. Uh, other news to touch on, uh, there was two new USLW teams announced. Uh, so awesome news for the women's game. Um, also, Michigan's own Bethany Balser getting her first call up to the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, we hope to get her onto the show uh, at some point. Uh, an awesome Michigan soccer story. Kudos to her. And uh, Michigan, uh, <laughs> the landscape of just Michigan soccer and uh, lower league uh, soccer in general um, changed uh, last night. Uh, Monday night. Detroit City FC confirmed the uh, news that they are joining the USL Championship. <laughs> you heard that right. Uh, uh, it, incredible news. Uh, things are a-changing. Uh, by this time next year, we might not even recognize the landscape in Michigan. But uh, big changes Lots to talk about, and to uh, help us uh, chew through all this, we have the voice of uh, LaRouge himself, uh, Mr. Neil Rule. The morning after the biggest announce, perhaps, in Michigan soccer history, at least in recent history, um, we are honored to have the voice of LaRouge, Mr. Neil Rule, to talk it over. How's it going this morning, Neil? The morning after the big announcement. Yeah, yeah, Robert, uh, things are going great. Uh, as you said, it, it certainly was a big announcement. Uh, big fan of your guys' work there at Michigan Soccer Central. Follow you guys and uh, pay close attention to what you guys have going on. But uh, it is, man. It, it, it It's a big day, uh, certainly for soccer in the state of Michigan. I think this is a big day for soccer in America, too, uh, just given that Detroit City FC and what they represent and you know, the, the Northern Guard supporter section, their front office, their ownership, everything. Uh, it, it just goes to show you that you can find a way forward, no matter what, no matter how much the, the deck is stacked against you, be it finances or politics or whatever. It just goes to show you if you continue to do things the right way, you'll continue to progress. And that's what Detroit City FC has done. Yeah, the, the big move, uh, jumping to the USL Championship, um you've been with the team i believe since day one uh could you have imagined uh getting here when you uh did your first game uh no i mean i i started actually I, i've been since i've been with detroit city fc since broadcasting day one uh I broadcasted uh every match every match but two uh, in their broadcasting history going back to 2015 uh, when they played at cas tech and, and the answer to your question robert is as i looked out of the press box window at Cas Tech and it was kind of a cloudy press box window and I believe the first match it rained and with the sun you know there was a little bit of sun coming in as it was raining and, and the glass was already cloudy on the press box and we had just like a, a like a two camera operation the, the answer is no uh, I couldn't imagine <laughs> from, from a broadcasting perspective from, from a fan's perspective and, and what Detroit City FC has been able to pull off yeah, I could see this day coming, just given the passion of the fans, and more than that, just given the passion of the ownership and the organization. Uh, I mean, you knew you knew that they were onto something pretty special here because, Robert, you don't get this too many times with what you have with Detroit City FC, just from an organic perspective. I'm not even talking about just in sports; I'm talking about in life, where it's as it's 
it's organic, man. It's real. There's, there's nothing fake about it. And, you know, certainly on the, on the club side, yes, I could, I could imagine it getting to that point But from the broadcasting side. No, but I mean, you, you look at what Detroit city FC has been able to pull off on the broadcasting side. It's been, it's been nothing short of incredible. Yeah, I was uh, blown away. I attended my first game in uh, 2016, um, coming from Chicago, and I went to a lot of soccer in Chicago, but the energy and the passion uh, was palpable and uh, pretty uh, addictive. I, I, I've been coming, to, coming back to, to games uh, ever since. Um, for those who, um, supporters uh, that go to all the games, or even um, new fans, uh, what do you think that this uh, new league and uh, this new arrangement, uh, what do you think will, will be the first change that they might see? I mean, just from from an operations perspective, um, th- th- there'll be some some upgrades to Keyworth. You know, just and I don't know that the fans will, will, will quote unquote see it. You know, just from like a locker room perspective and, and, and those types of things. I mean, that that's what's also unique about this as Detroit City FC continues to progress. Or there won't be a, a whole ton of change. I mean, just as far as the game day experience goes, because everything's always been a top notch. So I, I don't think you're going to see a ton different sporter section, Northern guard section. They'll, they'll, they'll be what they always are. And, uh, as, as I always say, you know, pound for pound the, the best sports fans in Detroit and pound for pound, the best soccer fans in America. And, and I believe that to be fact, not opinion. I'm, I'm there all the time. I see it. I know. So, you know, just, just from that perspective, I don't think there'll be a whole lot that's different. The, the club will still be the club. They'll just they'll have a, they'll have new initials in their league. That that's really about it. The announcement surprised some, um, but I feel like the, the 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 folks that have been going to all the games and have been around Keyworth and from my conversation um, with Trevor James, um, it seemed like this was there was momentum heading towards this. Um, do you know how long was this uh, move in the works? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a part of the front office, so I don't I, you know I don't know as as far as the the roots of when the discussions took place or, or anything like that. But, but I can say it. And I think Robert, you know, you, you've been around the game and you're involved with the game. I, I'm sure you got that feeling. I got that feeling that you know, Nisa was not going to be the last stop for Detroit city FC, that, that this thing was just going to continue to go. And it's a continued progression and they, they've covered all this ground in 10 years. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you think about it. So, I mean, we, I think we could all see the writing on the wall that, just from a fan base perspective and the domination that they've had out on the pitch as well. And I think we all knew this, you know, deep down that Nisa wasn't going to be the last stop and this thing was going to continue to roll. Um, there is a little bit of, um, there, there have been uh, past uh, reservations about USL in the past, but from what I seem uh, to, from what I read from the official release and everything I've seen so far, it seems like Detroit had the, uh, the leverage to, to address the concerns of um, joining USL. Um, can you speak at all to that? Uh, just just as far as like when you say like concerns about joining USL, you talk about like from a fan's perspective. Or... Yeah, from the fan's perspective, because there's been concerns in the past of maybe you give up a little bit of your independence or um, situations like that, or maybe some um, some local ties. Yeah, I mean, the the Northern Guard is going to be the Northern Guard, and the fans are going to be the fans because I, I think USL recognizes that the just the organic base of, of what everything is with Detroit City FC. How can that how can that not be good for your league? How can that not be good for the game of soccer? Uh, not only in Michigan, but just across the country as well. I mean, that's how supporter sections are, man. Like they're they're you know they're they're loud and they're boisterous and they give their opinions on things and. I, the, the the signs that you see uh, in the Northern Guard too, you know, it, it it was never just about sports because it's not because they're they're trying to make the community better than they found it, and, and I think when you boil all this stuff down, and, and you, you've seen the same things I've seen on on social media, you know, and other fan bases and stuff like that, and the banter kind of going back and forth. The, the bottom line is this: like people can say what they think, but I'm telling you what I know, and what I know is. You know, look at look at the, the the things that they have done for charities and the Special Olympics and everything like that. I mean, that that's always been at the base of of what the Detroit City FC fan base is, and that's again that's what gets me excited to be a part of this club every single 
day when I show up to call the matches and, and things like that. I mean, yes, the, the soccer on the pitch is incredible and, and they've been dominant everywhere that they've been. And, and that's fun and that's cool and everything like that. And that makes the, the match day experience better, right? I mean, what match day experience isn't better when, you, when, you're tied, when your side wins all the time. But, you know, I, I think that there was a lot extra made about this whole, you know, USL or or the moving leagues or everything like that. I, I think that that was a lot of outside noise and, and that was a lot of people's opinions and what they thought and stuff like that. I've always known. I mean, people that live here, they always know, you know, with the what they want to do is they want their community to be better. They want the soccer community to be better. And, and how, how can you fault that? How can that not fit into your league? I guess that would be my main question is where does that not fit? True. Um, what can you say about, uh, uh, obviously a big step up and we'll be playing, uh, or Detroit city FC will be playing, um, opposition of, uh, greater quality, but, uh, we may not be, uh, playing any, uh, Ohio teams. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, well, who, who on uh, looking at the the teams that uh, La Rouge will be um, perhaps facing, who who do you think that can be uh, circled as uh, the next uh, rival? All of them, everybody, every 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 single side in USL. Um, you know, yeah, the the Ohio thing certainly. Uh, you know that that stinks from an entertainment perspective, but Detroit City FC will do what they've always done, and, and I'm not saying that they're going to walk in and win every single trophy for two years in in USL. I'm, I'm not saying that's going to be the case. This is you know, this is a big time jump just in terms of, of financial commitments and and all that stuff, and now you're competing for talent and and all of that. But the core the core advantages at Detroit City FC, I, I think, still remain in that that environment that they have there's, there's none other like it in soccer in america there's not and and i think you know we hear that all the time but i don't think pe- i don't think people hear it if that makes any sense robert like we hear it but we don't hear it we don't we we don't truly take that into account i mean i i, I talked with kevin venegas on the broadcast who who sat out the last match um you know due to yellow card accumulation and kevin venegas you know it it's a big time player, you know, MLS player and has been everywhere in the game of soccer in the United States of America. And and I asked him about that point blank. I said, you know, what, what turns you on to this essentially? And I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said. I don't remember the exact quote. You'll have to forgive me on that. But he's like, why wouldn't you want to be a part of this? And there's a, there's a big time player, Kevin Venegas. I mean, he's, he's a great player, career professional. And and that really sums it up. I I think that, I think that people are, are massively underselling that. And what Detroit City FC does that maybe not a lot of people see the way they take care of their players, the way they take care of the entire organization, the way they take care of the broadcasters, everybody. It's just, it's a great environment to be around. Hard stop. Not just as a player, not just for the soccer, not just for all of those things. It, it's, a, it's a great work environment for everybody involved. I've, I've always said this, like, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career. I've called, you know, USL soccer and you know, called NBA basketball games and NCAA tournament games. I don't know that, you know, there'll be very many places where I go to work where I have more fun than I do working with Detroit City FC. And and that's a, you know, that that's a that's a big time statement. And then that, I'm sure that goes for the players too. If you talk to them, they would say the same things. Yeah, lots of lots of ripple effects to this announcement. Um, I asked you what what might change for supporters, but more importantly and more uh, close to home, um, what does this change for you? As a uh, play-by-play commentator, I'm the voice of Detroit City FC. Last I heard, so you know, it, whatever whatever that entails, and I'm sure some of like the particulars are still still being discussed and still being negotiated. Obviously, the USL has a deal with ESPN Plus. I, you know, I've done USL matches in the past, so you know the, the, that's that's nothing different for me. Is I've done many, you know, USL championship level matches and national broadcast, and and was able to call a bunch of those games so nothing structurally nothing changes for me it's it's still business as usual and you know john john and i'll still do matches together and stuff like that and I'm, I'm excited to do it and i'm just happy that detroit city fc the organization the fans everybody i'm i'm, I'm happy that they get this quote-unquote bigger stage uh to show what that organization is from top to bottom so so certainly that's exciting and you know for me I, 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 Robert, I don't overcomplicate things, man. Like I just show up and call the match, and then I go home. 
like this. <laughs> it's I know a lot of people get caught up in in, in everything that's going on and, and what might happen and stuff like that. But you know, I I call Detroit City FC matches. I'm I'm sure. I, I mean, I I'm sure it opens some doors for me as far as opportunities to call uh, other USL matches and, and you know maybe maybe take on some some additional you know additional matches or further involvement in, in other areas but you know until further notice and i haven't received that notice i'm, I'm the voice of detroit city fc and you know, i work with john and, and we're going to continue that yeah uh, one of the the things in the press release that came out last night that was awesome um that i'm sure uh eased a lot of folks was that uh the front office the ownership and yourself and john um they definitely made a point to uh say that everybody is coming back like there isn't going to be structural changes like that but it must be exciting for um they they hinted at possible press box upgrades uh, locker rooms and lights um that that is just amongst the things um the the quality on and off the field should uh you know go 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 well up it seems like yeah yeah i mean i, I would imagine so i mean that the quality's always always been high i mean you you watch a broadcast and stuff like that i mean going back to the MPSL days and having matches on at the time Fox Sports Detroit now Bally's I mean what what other you know there are, there are a few organizations in the country that, that would be able to pull that off and that's been the norm you know for Detroit City FC and, and their ownership and their media people and all that stuff that's been the norm forever and you know it, it, Robert it's funny because everybody talks about that stuff and you know I, I don't know that other clubs in USL or across the country fully fully comprehend what Detroit City FC is capable of um, you know this this will just be business as usual for everybody else I mean I'll walk in and call the matches John will walk in and call the matches and and, and we'll we'll keep things rolling certainly will there have to will there be some like technological advances and things like that I'm, I'm sure there will be but you know I, I just roll in with the utmost confidence with everybody that that I work with at Detroit City FC because you know th- this is something I said on, on another podcast I did where they where they asked me about the broadcast and they're like well, why why are things at such a high level i mean not only on the pitch but with the broadcast and stuff like that because we work with pros man i mean you know it, it goes back to it we'll still have the same camera guys that that do nba games and nhl games and major league baseball games and you know, we we had some of our crew sent off to the olympics to, <laughs> to cover the olympics in japan and i mean these this isn't you know a lot like the players on the pitch i mean this isn't a hobby you know, like we're not, we're not here for fun. Like we're here to perform and, and do things at a high level. None of that changes, man. That's all the same. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about it, about what'll be different and stuff like that. But I, I prefer to focus on what'll be the same and, and it'll be high quality people across the board. That's what'll be the same. This might be, you, you, you just said uh, you like to keep things simple, but uh, if you allow yourself um, to, to somewhat daydream, what would you like to see in the next like three years or so? Just as far as Detroit City FC and USL, I mean, you know, I just like to see him continue to, uh, you know, just like to see Detroit City FC continue to do what they've done, and that's that's adapt and and that's take over. I mean, I, I said this on a broadcast one time, and the fans seemed to like it, but when they rolled into NISA, they weren't they weren't there to take part; they were there to take over. And I know the, I know that's going to be the goal for everyone, and I just I'm looking forward to seeing the continued growth because Detroit City FC is an organization. If they've shown anything they've shown that they're just going to continue to climb and, and they're going to continue to, to do what they do. And again, just high quality people, high performing people at, at all the positions across. And that's, you know, it's, it's something where something organic like this, it just continues to grow. The rain continues to fall, the water, the plants and all that stuff. And, you know, that's, that's the way it's always going to be. It's just going to continue to grow because there's high, there's high caliber people in every position. Uh, our time is 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 getting uh, a, a little bit uh, tight, but um, a lot of ripple effects will come from he- from here on out. I doubt that we've heard the last of uh, changes and moves in Michigan. But one of the ripple effects uh, that they mentioned in the press conference is um, the aim for a professional women's team. Um, uh, what, what do you got? What could you say about that? Uh, as far as expanding teams, and then it also uh, this move. Do you think it also adds uh, my little boost to all these new community efforts that D- Detroit City is uh, endeavoring in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that 
that that goes without saying almost that that the higher the quote unquote profile i mean the more eyeballs and more attention that'll that'll come to all the community efforts and and everything that detroit city does in the community but i mean as far as the, the women's side yeah i mean you look at what they were able to do with with the uh with the uws side that they had and you know they had some high quality players obviously and and that'll just continue to, to move forward as well and you know, I, I certainly could foresee a day when you, know, you see Detroit City FC possibly as, a, as an NWSL side, and that's just my own conjecture. Uh, just knowing that, again, just I know what these Robert, I know I know what everybody here is capable of, man. Like it's not, this isn't new. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not surprising. So I would never rule anything out uh, that Detroit City FC could do for the fans. Or again, the fans, the organization, all of it. You know, and, and I don't. You know, it, for me, it's like. It, it's like it's like other things for people like when you when you know when you're a part of it you know what everybody's capable of so it, it's not surprising to me you know and, and i know I, I don't know if that's gonna come off and sound you know people are gonna say oh there's you know there's somebody with detroit city fc you know being insufferable it's not it's just i i know you know like we're here i see it i've seen it for for years like it's just it's not surprising i i yeah they'll continue to grow everything uh, you said it there. Uh, you might have stumbled onto a new uh, catchphrase is uh, don't rule it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't rule anything out. I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, you know, five guys putting in a couple thousand bucks and, and starting this back in, in 2012 to being at Tech and broadcasting matches out of a cloudy press box to now going on to USL with national ESPN Plus deals and Fox Sports Detroit and Bally's. I mean, how, how could you ever rule anything out that, that this club has done, you know, to, to sell it out matches to playing Serie A teams uh, at Keyworth? I mean, how, how could you ever rule anything about that? I always like to say, check the resume. You don't check the resume. You, you could never rule this club out of doing anything. Uh, dare to dream, right? Uh, they, they definitely are uh, pushing the envelope uh, from uh, you know televised elite amateur games all the way to uh, the second division of uh, professional soccer in the United States of America, like you say, you you don't don't put any caps on this thing, right? No, no, it's just the opportunities that present themselves, it's the challenges that present themselves. I mean, they've shown the ability to adapt. There's there's no question about it. So, I mean, I just I'm here, man. Just tell me when the next match starts and. Uh, you know when, <laughs> what time I got to be there, and uh, we'll do our rundown, and I'll broadcast the match. And the players will play, and Trevor James will manage, and the the owners will will own it, and the front office will execute, and the game day crew at Keyworth will run the game day experience. The Northern Guard will show up. It'll be business as usual. Well, Neil Rule, thank you so much um, for uh, joining us on the road uh, from an airport terminal, I believe. Um, I really appreciate your time and insight on this uh, huge development. Um, Really, thank you for uh, joining us here on uh, Michigan Soccer Central. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, big fan of Michigan Soccer Central. You know, follow you guys on Twitter and all that stuff. So uh, thanks for keeping me in the loop with everything that's going on. hope we can talk again soon. All right, thank you so much, and travel safe. Thank you. Next act of this week's episode of Michigan Soccer Central, we are going to shine a light on the uh, Michigan State Champions. Uh, All four divisions were crowned over the weekend. Uh, We are lucky enough to have representatives from two of the teams on the show this week. Um, Grand Rapids Christian uh, Nick Cassidy is on the line. Uh, we are going to end the show with him, um, but first we're going to get the Division Four winning representative from Potter's House High School, their first ever final, first ever title, um, and we've got to talk about their championship, um, Mr. Jonathan Strout. Hey, this is Michigan Soccer Central. Uh, we are continuing our coverage of the Michigan 
uh, state high school boys championships. Of course, we have another champion on the line. Uh, his Wyoming Potter's House Pumas won their first ever state championship over the weekend. Uh, to tell us all about it, we have senior and uh, the uh, first goal scorer of the game, Jonathan Stout. Welcome, young man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah and um, you guys won uh, 3-0 over Clarkston Everest Collegiate to win the Division Four championship. Like I said, first state title in school history. Um, what, how, this is Monday night when we're recording and talking. Uh, how was it walking into school this morning? Oh, amazing. I mean... All my teachers, all my classmates, everybody. It's first thing as I walk past. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations! It's <laughs> it's it's nice to be have everybody knowing about it and happy about it. And like it's not just for the soccer team to be happy about. The whole school is just happy and having a good time today. That's awesome. That's incredible to hear. Um, kind of walk us through your day. Like, how did uh, you were in Saturday? Uh, you were in Novi taking on Clarkston Everest Collegiate. Yeah. Uh, walk us through your day. Yeah, wake up. Um, we uh, met at the school, uh, had some bagels actually, and had a couple of the teachers and parents pray over us before before we went and got on the bus. Just chilled, hung out on the bus for a couple hours. Um, got to watch the ending of Anchor Bay Okemos game was pretty pretty cool, especially Jack Gugamis, a teammate of mine, uh, making the comeback to win. I think for me personally, at least, just seeing them come back because we got to see their two goals to come back definitely got me hyped up for the game. Um, and then yeah, game starts and close game, and we get a shot or two. Then they have the shot, the one um, it's a shot, Seth blocks it, and then they get another shot, and he saves it, but the ball's on the goal line. He has a quick jump on it, and kind of everybody looks at the ref really quick to see if they're going to call it a goal or not, and he does it. Um, I don't think it was a goal. Um, and then not too long afterwards, I mean, I was getting to the point in the first half where I've already made some runs. I'm dribbling a lot, and so I'm I'm tired. I'm like, all right, we're going to have to make it to the half 0-0 zero, zero at this point because I don't know how much I've got left in me. Um, but sure enough, just the probably pretty couple minutes after that, um, managed to win the ball and take it after, although we had already had a couple more shots and um, starting to dial it in, I was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable shooting. And so when – took the ball, took a touch towards the 18, just let it fly. And um, one of the nicest goals of my season, if in my opinion, at least. And so that was really cool to have it in the state final. Um, and then once, yeah, once the goal, once I scored, it was like, wow. I, like it was, it was surreal in terms of scoring. I'm in the state finals right now. The first state final my school has ever been in. And and we're winning. Like we're not just here. We're we're winning. We're about to. We're close to being state champions. Um, and then after that, Yossi manages to get a goal, and it's even more. We're we're now really close to being state champions, and even more so after, um, kind of gift us with that own goal. But obviously, we'll take it. We'll take what we can get. And then second half, just locking it, locking in, and making sure they don't get any goals, um, managed to keep it 3-0. Um, after the game, obviously, super fun. Crowd comes on, celebrate with them. Uh, they've been great the whole whole run, coming to tons of games. Um, so that's been great. And so being able to talk with them and celebrate with them after the game. Um, afterwards, obviously, the bus ride back. Um pretty fun with the boys just obviously everybody's jittery we just won state um and then afterwards went to uh one of the teammates Quincy Winkle went to his house with all the parents hung out there um had some pizza had a good time yeah and then eventually went home went went to bed wow that's a wonderful retelling I bet that was the uh the best the best tasting pizza you've had oh yeah it was some good pizza for sure 
That, that's an incredible, in, incredible uh, story you just told. Three zero, three successive goals just before halftime. Um, so you feel you 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 t- recalled a uh, an incredible feeling at the time. But was it just a like a switch turned on and just for that period of time it, everything went your guys's way? Yeah, I mean, I thinking about it even now. It's like uh, my goal. I've I I I very rarely score goals outside the box with the inside of my foot. I that doesn't happen very often, so it's a clutch. I don't know, God maybe uh, just helping us out. But it was just yeah. See, everything seemed to go our way, and that shot, and then Yossi's shot was very nice. Um, he hasn't scored a ton of goals like that either, and so those two goals back to back that were nice goals that we don't like we've scored some nice goals but two of them back to back in a couple minutes and then own goal on top of that which Rakundo maybe could have put away himself but turned out okay um so yeah it's just in those couple minutes everything was for us We, we had everything going our way no goals in the second half of the game though um so how how did that feel in those closing minutes? Like you said, after you scored, there was like a a, a, a realization that you know we're you know we're stones throw away from from winning the whole big thing. Uh, how did those last like 10, 15 minutes feel when like it was really on the line? Oh, I mean, that point it it settled in more, and so I'm more focused on actually just keeping it winning the game. Um, at that point, it, it, it settled in. It was it was just a game again. It was just thinking about, okay, do my job, defend, win a header, clear the ball, take somebody on, whatever. It, it was. It settled down after after halftime, talking people, and so um, that was that was good. But then obviously the last couple minutes, thinking like, oh, it, this is happening, this is happening, um, getting getting kind of jittery with all of that, and so. Definitely the last three minutes or so is when um, our coach, Colago, Michael Colago, he put in a couple of the subs, giving them, letting them play in the state final to give them that feeling, I guess. And so once those guys come on, crowd starts cheering for them a little bit more. And that's when it really started to be like, this, we're, we're pretty much, this is it. We're doing it. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. Incredible, incredible. Um, you said that that school was unbelievable here on Monday. Um, is there any uh like celebrations or any like more like uh organized celebrations to come? Um, I don't know about to come. We'll have we'll have a we'll have a banquet for our soccer team, um, and have dinner together. I think and hang out, talk about awards, and just kind of talk about what we did this season as a team, all that. Uh, today at school, what we had a bit of a celebration where um, uh, just at, the whole school got in the gym and we had the soccer team up. We also called down some of our runners. We had uh, two runners that got All-State plus – or three runners that got All-State, one of which won the boys' race. So that was pretty cool. Called them up and then for us then had – our AD talked about us for a little bit, and then our coach, Kalaga, went and talked for a while and then gave us the mic, and uh, our captain, Zach Reinsma, and one other guy, Lul, both talked for a little bit, just kind of talking about the season as a whole. Yeah. You guys played a, a whole – for this postseason, I believe, what did you pay, seven games here in the postseason in just six about games. 14, 15, six games in uh, two weeks? Uh, uh, I guess how does that process feel? Just like how does how's your body feeling? You're you're, you're you know a high school senior, so you're, you see you're fighting fit, I'm sure. But uh, how, how you feeling? That's a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, every every game you kind of pick pick up something new. For me, um, my, my first game pretty early against Western Michigan Christian, I got hit in the face with the ball pretty bad, and it messed up my jaw actually, and. So I, I couldn't open it all the way, and I couldn't, like, clench my jaw. And then for the game against Calvin, that had transferred into my neck, and my neck was sore. 
And then the next game, I think, uh, what was it? I had something else, maybe like my groin was feeling. But I remember every single game except for the game, the finals, I had some sort of knack or bruise. Although even in the finals, I picked one up pretty early when I, I, I slid and ended up sliding into somebody's studs as they uh, try to kick the ball, ended up kicking my foot. So every game is just picking something new up and just having to fight through it, go through it. And so, I mean, at this this late in the season, it's part of the game. Every, everybody's got something. Um, but yes, at that, at that point, I, I, I got to be in the field. I'm going to play. And so whether it hurts or not, got to get through it. We can rest. We can rest now. Now's the time to rest. Uh, that's some uh, some 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 intense dedication and uh, uh, tr- true warrior spirit there, uh, Jonathan. Um, I want to talk about your team. Uh, you guys had an incredible regular season record and obviously a great run here to the final. What was the composition of your team like? Uh, you're a senior. How many seniors? Like, uh, what was the experience level with like the cla- like the, the dis- distribution of classmen throughout your team? Oh, we had we have a very experienced team. I'd say we've got, I think, nine seniors. Um, yeah, I believe so. And the June, and we've got several juniors. Um, I we've got probably four or five juniors that start, and the rest are seniors. We don't have any sophomores or freshmen that start. We've got two sophomores and one freshman on the team, and that's it. I'm pretty sure. And they didn't see the field all that much. So most of the time while we're playing, we've got almost all juniors and seniors. And of these juniors and seniors, um, the juniors that were playing, all of them except for one or two, I think were playing varsity as freshmen. Those guys were in the game against Calvin my sophomore year, their freshman year where we ended up losing 6-2, actually. Um, And then the next year, those same guys, all of them were in the postseason playing with us. And so our starters, all 11 of us, had at least played and played with us last year. And I think about 80% of us had also played the year before. And so we had a really, really, really experienced group of guys. that I think definitely contributed being able to win close games and be able to focus through fans and the fact that it was a big game, but be able to keep your head and just know that it's just at the end of the day, it's another game. Focus on making your plays and doing your job. I saw your uh, scoring record uh, is unbelievable. A hundred plus goals in your high school record uh how many years did you play varsity and and just wow (laughs) yeah this is my fourth year of varsity soccer um yeah my freshman year I had 22 goals that was my my only year I had a senior that year Josh Vanderstelt scored 26 I'll say it's because he took the PKs (laughs) um but uh other than that the next year, I think 29. Junior years when I really, really picked it up. I had quarantine, so I was able to train almost every day, going and getting shots up by myself. Just tons and tons of rep, rep, reps, um, shooting and shooting and shooting and dribbling through cones and whatnot. I think that really helped. So junior year had 46 goals. That was that was the big one. And then this year, not quite as many as last year, but. Um, didn't play in quite as many easy games so I also had to miss uh, I think what was it like five five or six games this season <clears throat> so I didn't get to play in all of them but still ended up with 30 so I think that's 127 total if I did my math correct but yeah lot, lots of goals makes it a little bit easier in division four but still Still not quite. Just they're not letting me score. So yeah. So uh, tell me, what kind of a player are you? Um, obviously a goal scorer, but beyond that, <laughs> I would say first of all, like playing club and playing high school, I have to change the player that I am. Um, 
for club, I would say I'm predominantly a distributor. I'll score every once in a while, but I like to really combine in the middle, little passes. I play a lot of futsal. I play futsal for Grandpa's ABK, play with their men's team. And so I really love the small spaces, making combinations um, and getting out of those spaces and then finding a pass to the wing or the forward, especially combining with that center forward, making a run with them. Um, that's what, and then obviously I still will get a couple goals playing with Midwest club soccer. But then in high school, now that um, nothing, nothing against the guys on my team, but they're not quite as uh, talented as those Midwest guys. They haven't, they don't have quite the experience that they have. And so now I'm forced to do a little bit more by myself. So now I'm dribbling a little bit more. I'm taking guys on quite a bit more. I'm shooting a lot faster, um, getting a lot more shots off. I also play as a forward and winger a lot more often for school. Um, my freshman year, I played in the middle consistently. But sophomore, junior, and this year, I've been moving around center forward, winger, center mid, um, depending on where we need me for the game. But definitely looking to dribble a lot. I'll be honest that sometimes I am a bit of a ball hog. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that one. I've heard it before. Um, but just sometimes putting my head down, but also I will, I, I look for that pass, but also looking to take people on and get shots up and just create those chances all the time. And if, if everybody claps on me, I'll try to find my guy, let them find somebody else who's got a better opportunity than me. But for high school, I'm definitely predominantly a dribbler and shooter, whereas for Midwest, I would say I'm predominantly someone who distributes and tries to get some nice passes and combinations in. So you said that um, a lot of it, that you, you attribute a lot of that to experience. So um, playing both club and high school has, has really, you know, paid some dividends. Yeah, for sure. Um, I started playing club soccer when I was 10. And so that's the past seven and a half, eight years, seven, eight years. Um, started pretty low level, but pretty consistently every year, um, getting to a higher league, starting at like GVSA division three, next year, division one, next year, playing up a year, division one, the next year, premier one, the next year, MRL one. Next year, National League. Now, this year will be an MLS next. And so just kind of pretty consistently playing for a higher team or a higher, getting promoted as a team, always cool. Um, and I think that experience also playing futsal, I think futsal has made a massive impact on the player that I am in terms of my dribbling and um, dribbling mostly, but also combinations in those tight spaces and defensively being able to stay organized and mark my player and just kind of understand the game a little bit more. But yeah, that those years of club soccer has completely changed me as a player. I would not, I'd be a shadow of the player that I am right now without all those years of club soccer. Interesting. Um, I want to ask you about uh, how did you access um, futsal? What, what age and, and how did you access the futsal? Yeah, I, uh, my first or second year of club soccer, I was actually playing at PDA, Player Development Academy. I don't think they're around anymore. But there was a guy who had a futsal team who was taking his team to regionals, a pretty good, pretty big tournament, regionals of the U.S., so it's in Akron, Ohio. And he wanted a, another player to play on his team. And he, so he asked my coach, hey, do you have any players that you think could play with us? And so my coach offered me, and so then I joined his team. And um, funny enough, I didn't end up going to that tournament because my parents thought I was too young to be traveling that far. So I just played with them for the season, but then didn't go to the tournament that I joined their team for. But the year after that, that was with uh, – we, we wore Alliance jerseys, but I don't think we were really Alliance, but just kind of a group of guys. The next year we all went to ABK. And ABK was the one that really, like, 
I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but ABK is one of the biggest futsal clubs in the nation, I would say. We've got, I'd say we, I consider myself a part of ABK. Um, we've, we've won several national championships. I think we're at like seven or eight national championships. I um, helped in one of them. I can probably say that. Um, and they, they just breed, not breed, but they foster these really, really great futsal players to get, having camps for them at really young ages and just developing these players to make smart decisions, to be able to dribble out of tight situations, to be able to pass out of tight situations and just make smart decisions when you've got eight, eight players plus two goalies in a small court and you have to keep the ball and you have to attack and you have to finish and all that. And so, yeah, ABK, I went up the ranks, not up the ranks, just up the age group. So starting from when I was 11, going until I was about 15, 15 was when I first played with the men's team. So then the next couple of years, two years, my 2003 boys team was really good. And so we would, as when we were about 15, we would play against other men's teams. Um, we did okay. We didn't win all of our games, but we won some. And then the year after that, when I was 16, that's when I started actually playing on the men's team. And we would compete against other men's teams, Lansing City Futsal, Mud Puppies, um, team from Chicago Cadence, um, Columbus Futsal, teams like that. And I think that was another exposure playing against these 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds, these grown men who have tons of experience playing soccer um, and me playing with the same type of guys helped me immensely being able to get to the next step of the game, playing with these guys that have been playing soccer and futsal for so long. Incredible. Incredible. Um, I, I was never a good player in, in, in any way, but uh, <laughs> I played futsal uh, as an adult for like two, three years consistently. And, uh, um, just, just that, you know, changed my, my first touch. So, uh, yeah. I can't imagine what doing that at like a, a higher level or just like a repeated level at a young age could do. Cause I hadn't even heard of that until I was an old man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. And ABK, as I said, it's one of the best clubs with, um, the best coaches, at least two of the coaches, both of which were my coaches, pretty much my whole um, time at ABK are both like national. Um, I don't know if they have accreditation for it or something like that, but there's the national teams for U.S. futsal, and both of those guys are going to coach those national teams as they go to Colombia and Argentina and Spain. And those ABK coaches are being asked to coach our national futsal teams as they go there. So we've got some of the top coaches in the nation and just – grow on these players so yeah they're great great um i want to bring it back to uh your your team the state champs the wyoming uh potter's house uh yeah. pumas this was the first tight uh state champs in uh school history um what other things that um are notable about uh your school biggest thing that's noted noticeable that we i don't want to say advertise but um, probably one of the coolest parts of our school is our diversity. Um, I think we're 45% white and that's, I don't know completely the math, but that's, uh, 30% African American and 20% uh, Latino and, uh, 5% African, couple percent Asian. And so it's, it's really cool being able to go to school with these guys, even on our team, there's three, four guys that were not born in the U.S. They were born in Eritrea and Tan Tanzania and Rwanda. Um, and then also a couple of Hispanic kids on the team as well. And it's really cool to have a team that come from different cultures and just able to add different parts to the team and on the team as well, obviously. But then even in school throughout the day, it's very cool to have different kids in your class that, weren't necessarily born with the same things that I have that we have in the U.S. 
um, and just kind of being able to learn about their experiences and um, almost how privileged we are in the U.S. really. Um, and even actually in my own house, my parents are foster parents certified, whatever. And so in my last couple of years right now, um, my foster brother, Daniel Fasahe, is actually on the team. So he's been staying with us for the last three years. And before that, we had a kid from China stay with us, a kid from South Korea, a kid from Vietnam. So even in my own family, it's been really cool having guys from different countries live with us. And Potter's House definitely um, adds to that with kids from a lot of different countries. And thank you for sharing. That's an a incredible uh, quality that you, you, you related about your school. And speaking of schools, um, I read in an article that uh, you are going to be a Michigan State Spartan next year. Um, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously super excited about that. Uh, it will be, it'll be interesting for me. Interesting. Um, it'll be good for me probably to uh, fight for minutes for the first time. Um, not necessarily knowing that I have a spot on the like spot on the starting lineup. I'm gonna have to actually work for that now. And I, I've I've been working obviously for a while and getting better, but it'll be completely different at a much higher level and. I, I can't wait to be every day just practicing with those guys that are all such great players. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Not even just the soccer, even the college experience at MSU, I think will be amazing. Um, so yeah, all, all parts of it, just absolutely stoked for it. Yeah, I've spoke with uh, members of uh, the the Red Cedar Rowdies, the student uh, supporter group, yeah. and uh, uh, when you make the field, you'll—I'm sure you'll—you'll—I you'll, you, know you'll have uh, some some great support with you there. Oh yeah, I've I've gone to a couple of games already and uh, love their chance. It's they they do a great job making making noise, um, intimidating the other team a little bit, hyping up hyping up the Michigan State guys, and I can't can't wait to play for those guys and have them cheering for me yeah i i've never been uh really spent any any time in uh east lance and i i might have to uh um take a moment to to get out there uh next fall but uh before i let you go uh thank you for all the time you spent uh with us but um if you could possibly what think about what was uh of the obviously the championship moment uh yep. will stand out but um, what can you tell us about like what's the the so far you're still in the thick of uh, the the afterglow of this weekend's win, but what could you tell us is like the like the one moment that sticks out of this this run with uh, your uh, Pumas? Um, I would say the the craziest moment, craziest moment, the one that I'll probably remember the most is playing Western Michigan Christian uh, first half gets rained out. So our first half we play, then there's lightning. So we have to play the second half the next day, playing and playing and playing zero, zero. Now we're in overtime and, and we had felt like we we're doing pretty well, dominating a little bit more, playing better than we had in that first half, um, creating a couple chances, but still nothing zero, zero going into overtime. And then, first or second minute of overtime they score and it's like wow we we thought like things going through my head it's like we we had such a good team like we had all these guys we had all the tools we had everything we needed and now now we're losing to this team that wasn't supposed to beat us and and this this could be it this could be the season um but then just looking at looking at my guys seeing a couple of them are thinking the same things, like looking like they're ready to give up, like, wow, this, this is probably it. Um, and then seeing a couple other guys, um, Quincy and Zach and Elijah specifically, um, literally going to those other guys and saying to them, like, we still have time. There's still time. We have to play right now. 
and get this back. Like, we're still in this game. It's only one goal. We still got it. And it's like, all right, those are the guys I'm playing for right now. Um, those are the guys we got to get this back for. And then six minutes or so later, uh, get a free kick and manage, manage to bury it. And that that after that free kick is probably the coolest moment of after being down in overtime, thinking this is probably it, game's probably over, and then getting the goal back. No, we're still in this. We still got this. At tying up, and then another huge moment. A little bit after that, stayed one-one for the rest of overtime. Going to PKs. Um, we were up. Kevin Ramirez. Uh, just needed to make his PK and we would win. And he just ice in his veins, buries it. Um, and then just that run into him and fans are screaming. And that, that was those two moments, scoring the free kick and then Kevin making his PK, just massive moments. And loved it as a team celebrating with those guys. Uh, thank you for that incredible Absolutely incredible uh, storytelling, uh, Jonathan. Uh, I appreciate your time so much. Uh, congratulations to uh, Wyoming Potter's House on their uh, Division Four uh, championship, the first state title in school history. Thank you so much for joining uh, Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hello, welcome back to Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Robert Kerr here with another state champion player. This time, Division II Grand Rapids Christian. They won over the weekend, and I have with me to tell them us all about the game itself and their awesome run to a state championship. I'm pleased to welcome attacking midfielder Nick Cassidy. Welcome to Michigan Soccer Central. Thank you. I really appreciate the time and uh, just like instant reaction, we're recording uh, Monday evening. Uh, uh, what was your reception when you came into school after winning a state championship today? It was it was awesome. You know, a lot of a lot of students and a lot of teachers just recognizing our hard work and recognizing our accomplishments. So it felt really good coming into school and seeing like the whole school kind of behind us. Felt nice. That's cool. So, uh, was there any kind of sort of uh, like official recognition? Did they like? Uh, do uh, an announcement over the speakers or anything like that for you guys? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of social media like um, posts about us, and then there was a little announcement over the speakers, but I think we're doing more of a formal celebration later this week. So the staff said to look out for that. But, yeah, there was a l audio. like The principal came over the speakers and congratulated us. Oh, that's awesome. What a moment. And congratulations on the uh, 2021 uh, state championship. Thank you. Um, so I guess, yeah, the state uh, championship games were held over the weekend in uh, Novi, Michigan. Uh, kind of walk us through uh, your title winning day. Uh, it was it was crazy. So me, me and my little brother are actually on the same team. He was a freshman this year. So we kind of woke up that morning. Neither of us, we kind of were like, neither of us got very good sleep last night. Just so excited for the game. So we got up, had some breakfast, played some ping pong, just tried to get our like minds going. Then when we got to the stadium, we had a lot of our fans were already there out in the parking lot tailgating. So they welcomed us in, cheered us on as we were walking in. Then it was just crazy. Like the atmosphere was awesome. The, the stadium was great and everyone was cheering us on and the warmups is, is honestly kind of a blur, but it's just a great, great experience. Uh, so you guys, the Grand Rapids Christian team uh, beat uh, Brother Rice two to one. Um, so how, how did the game go? Uh, it was it was a good game, you know. Brother Rice is a really good team. We came out early. I think we scored within ten minutes when our striker Hans Pruce uh, pressured the goalie, got the ball, and scored. And then later in the first half, we went up two uh, zero, and our other forward Ben Kuiper uh, scored a goal. And so we were up two zero at halftime, and then we had the halftime talk. Just keep keep going, one more half, last half of the season, and. Uh, Brother Rice actually scored a goal with, I think, 15 minutes left, but we were able to hold him off and win 2-1. to one. Awesome, awesome. So it was. Uh, so how, how did those last few minutes uh, of the game feel with a one-goal game? 
Oh, it was, I mean, it was the longest 15 minutes of my life, you know. Every time they got the ball, every time they were going down the field, it was just like, please no, please no in my head. So it was crazy. felt like the longest 15 minutes ever, to be honest. Uh, you guys won uh, seven postseason games to uh, make it uh, to the championship. Um, yeah, seven games in just over two weeks. Uh, kind of like, tell us where you're at. <laughs> I guess it, you said uh, there were some moments that were a blur, but just like the process of the last two weeks, like uh, how has that felt? Yeah, so to end our regular season, we kind of, to be honest, we weren't at our best. We kind of ended the season not very really great. And going into the postseason, our coaching staff decided to switch up our formation, so we moved to a 3-5-2. And I think it was our second game of districts. We played uh, Kelloggsville, and we just – something clicked in us, and from there on out, it was kind of just – we didn't – we kind of knew that we were rolling. We just clicked right at the right time and peaked all together. So we just tried to take it one game at a time, and we beat uh, our rivals East in the district final and then took on Spring Lake – and Petoskey and regionals won both of those. And then state semis game, we we had to play a number one ranked Go Lake at Byron Center, which was just a crazy, crazy game. And then state final, we just went in there confident and knew we were playing well and got it done. So it's pretty awesome. What was so wild about that uh, Go Lake game? So my freshman year, Go Lake actually took us out in the regional finals. So it was kind of uh, a second chance at them. And, you know, Go Lake – actually beat us earlier in the year. So it was a big game, ranked number one. There was a lot of people there at a really, really nice stadium under the lights. So it was kind of just a crazy atmosphere, and we knew knew it was going to be a tough game, but we pulled it out. Uh, you said earlier brother was a freshman on the team. That's wild. Uh, um, I'd like to talk about that a little bit and more in a minute, but um, what was the general uh, composition of your team? Like, was it senior heavy or what was the experience level? And what was the, like, was this a, a long time coming or a, just a kind of just a hot run or how would you uh, describe the build of your team? I'd say it was a little bit of both. I think half of our team, about half of our team was seniors. And I think seven of our starting 11 were seniors. So we were definitely senior heavy and whatever, but we had a lot of underclassmen and a lot of young guys that really stepped up in the postseason run, really stepped up and grew into their position and helped us get it done. So I'd say it was a little bit of little bit of senior leadership and a little bit of just a hot run and people stepping up. And this might be uh, a difficult question to answer, but in um, it sounded like you you in your in your season in the postseason you played uh, teams from quite a number of regions. Am I understanding that correct? Yes, that's yeah. So, could you say anything? Is there is there enough to to take from those games? Like, what different regions are excelling at, or was there like were the east side teams any different from the up north teams or the west side teams? I'd say, I mean, every team you play in playoffs is going to bring their all and be be a really good team. So, I think just in playoffs, honestly, I every team we played was was really good and really well put together teams. And I think it's just. Whoever comes out on that day and decides they want it more, decides to show up and play, is going to get it done. So I don't know. I didn't really notice a huge difference from the West and East Side teams, just because I think in playoffs everyone just comes and gives their all. Uh, that's understandable. But go, going back, you're playing with your brother. So how 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 much uh, playing time did you guys see at the at the same time? Uh, so to start off the year, he was playing playing a lot. Actually, he was doing really well. He was playing, I think, left wing. We're both left footed players, so it's kind of cool to be able to ex- experience that with him and our playoff run he he's contributed re- a lot played played really well but he didn't get as much minutes just due to the physicality and the like strength and size of the game and in that playoff run so but yeah we did get to share a lot of time together on the field which is awesome and do you guys have much history of like did you guys plan youth teams together at all or was the or is the age gap a little too far the age gap's a little too far but we always grew up in the backyard and played with our friends together and everything so it was pretty cool to take that experience to organize soccer. So would you say that's kind of where um, your edge in soccer comes from is just uh, like informal, like playing in the backyard with uh, friends and family? I'd say partially, yeah. I mean, soccer's always just been my first love. It's just been something I've always enjoyed and loved more than anything. So uh, growing up, I was always outside playing with my friends, playing at recess, playing with my brother. So I think just growing up in that environment, growing up like, just having a ball on my feet constantly kind of, kind of gave me that edge. 
And there's a lot of stories about younger brothers getting a, an edge because they had to fight their their big brother all the time. Uh, does your little what's what's your brother's name? And uh, uh, is that is that is that someone we need to look out for? Yeah, his name's John Cassidy, and it's funny you say that because in practice, you know, I like have I have my set of moves that I can usually get away with, usually get past defenders. But with him, like growing up and doing again doing it against him every day, you know. He kind of got used to that, and he was actually pretty good at defending me in practice. So it was it was fun to to see that. That's awesome. So um, <laughs> now that uh, your your whirlwind, uh, uh, you know, you're probably in the middle of it. You said you still have celebrations to come. Um, what's uh, do you have any uh, soccer uh, going forward throughout the year? Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna go play MLS next for Midwest United FC at some point and play club with them and through the spring and summer and whatever. So that's what's coming up. Awesome. Awesome. I figured I had to ask a, a soccer is, uh, is, is year round now? And I wanted to see, uh, what plans were. So, um, is there, uh, I guess, um, if there was one moment, I'm sure the championship, uh, moments, some of the point out, but is there something before we, we go, is there any one moment that, uh, you know, really stands out that you'll really treasure from um, this whole experience? Uh, yeah, the one the one moment that sticks out to me was probably my uh, free kick goal that I scored to put us up 2-1 to one against Goal Lake. Just being in that position, and that was my last goal of my high school career. So it was awesome to be able to celebrate with the fans and be able to celebrate with my teammates and celebrate our accomplishments and whatever and just have that to take away from my senior year. So that's definitely one memory that will stick with me for a while. Awesome. Thank you uh, so much for sharing uh, that with us and sharing your time. Uh, Nick Cassidy from Grand Rapids Christian, uh, Division II Michigan uh, State Champions. Thank you so much for your time and joining Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Yep. Thank you to all the guests on this week's show. <laughs> it really was an episode to remember and really uh, a couple days that I'll never forget. Um, incredible news in the Michigan soccer landscape. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to all the guests once again. Uh, please uh, tune in each and every week as uh, I think um, there's only more uh, changes and news to come. So um, thank you to uh, Jenny Hajnaki for editing uh, this episode and all the episodes that you've worked on before. Thank you to Dan Catranza for making the music so long ago and uh, all the other uh, brains at Michigan Soccer Central for helping put all of this together. Um, And until next week, (laughs) enjoy your soccer.